0: Did you watch uh, KBK on the weekend?
1: I've only I've only seen some of the h- highlights. I haven't seen. I watched the highlights of at Newsblad. I'm gonna have to get a VPN
0: to be able I'd, to watch them all. Oh well,
1: yeah, I'd want to watch them.
0: I think lots so, of people are missing GCN at this point. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, the guy made 80 million when he sold it. Did he? Yeah, that's what. How much Eurosport paid him? Really? So you started GCN how long ago? Six, seven, eight years ago? 80 million. 10 sure. a year, tidy sum.
0: Geez, that's more than the um, $27.14 an hour we're paying you. Oh. <laughs> Hang on. Is that
1: actually minimum? I'll yeah. I don't know. Something
0: like that. Uh, <laughs> Hank? Welcome to The Bunker. Uh, We are here for a special Spring Classics uh, episode of The Wheelhouse. We couldn't wedge this into a normal episode. Uh, There's too much to talk about. I was talking to you on the phone yesterday, Hendrikus Vogels, and uh, you said a line to me that I think should be the catchphrase for this podcast, how to win a Spring Classic.
1: (laughs) Well, spring is in the air. It is. Isn't it right now? And it's all started. And we had it on the weekend, but... Yeah, it's, it really is pretty special, I reckon. I mean, it's like the start of an, an AFL season if you're an Australian. But if you're Belgian, French, Dutch, German, Spanish, Italian, you've been waiting a long time for the Spring Classics. And and it really is kind of spring in the air because they love it. They, the fans um, just – they live for the Spring Classics. The cobbles and the mud and the muck and, and everything else – around it and the rain and even sleet and snow. I've done races in the snow when we've had to sit behind cars to keep warm. You know, there's there's so much feeling involved in the spring classics when you start talking about cycling. Probably the one thing that comes to my mind is like thinking about Paris Bay and Tour of Flanders. It's just that crazy craziness of helicopters and mud and shit and you know like team cars and you know the horns bleating and riders crashing and um that's for me what cycling's about really i mean it's not who comes across the finish line first it's about the fans thinking oh my god openings weekend i can't been waiting you know worlds was in october and you know i've had to get through christmas and now we start with you know Cycross worlds and and now the the classics are starting and the spring classics. And it really is um, not just another bike race. These spring classics it, they really are just the happening. It's like a subculture in cycling.
0: Oh, the I, I love seeing you so excited and animated about it. This is like really your jam, isn't it? You yeah. could have skipped the rest of the season if they let you just do the spring.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I wish I was better in the spring. Sometimes I was good, but... But it's, uh, it really is, like, especially for the Dutch and Belgian teams, they've revolved their whole rosters around ha- having a very strong um, Classics team. And I was actually involved with David Mon Lotto and 11s And they bought 11s to win the Tour de France, but they bought too many Classics riders, and they had no one to help him win the Tour de France because they're just so – they love – it's so important for them to be good in the Spring Classics or their sponsors – Revolve everything around it and when you see 200 million people tuning in on eurosport or whatever it is in the european um, television stations then you understand why because it's just massive and people want to see it i want to get on the side of the road and cheer them on or watch it on tv and it's um it's an absolute happening and a feeling that you can't really describe on a podcast i'm trying to try <laughs> my best but uh, <laughs> i yeah. think
0: you're doing a good job we went to the bmx on the weekend um out at chandler it mm. was so cool. Like there is just something about live bike racing when everybody there, and it was a packed out crowd. There were thousands of people there, five, six deep mm. around the track when everybody is so into it and it becomes a shared experience. As much as mm. who wins or doesn't, that's not actually what you remember. No. You remember the whole experience of it.
1: Oh, 100%. Don't you love how, they, like how they're up on the starting gate? Like oh. the anticipation of when they're doing that, oh, that's that for me is super cool. I mean, but it's not a long race, but
0: it's a very steep ramp. Um, and I feel like to get us from World Championships last year through to the Spring Classics, um, I, I have a bit of a swear jar in here, Hank. Um, <laughs> that I, I get busted when I say "Wout Van Aert."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do, oh, God. Uh, but
0: oh come on, mercy! But he won again. But I feel like we've been teased over the. Winter a little bit, or European winter, because we've been seeing them at the cyclocross. So we've just had a little bit. And I keep saying that we're going to get Maxie Hobson in here, Mm. our cyclocross legend. Well, I mean, we first started, we we kind of fan girl boyed around Tour of Tassie last year, and then he went to cyclocross worlds.
1: Well, he did really well. He beat all our mob.
0: He certainly did. Uh, Mercy, yeah. can we get oh. you onto that?
2: Yeah, righto, please? righto. I've got a long list, but I'll get onto
1: yeah,
0: it. Yeah, just pop it on but, the but,
1: list. Well, I've got a few questions for him,
2: too, I reckon. Yeah, uh, well, he, well he, I'll he, see how we go for this Friday's show. That's okay. The oh, we're going out to the Vellet. Yeah. See,
0: we're multi this show, Hank.
2: But can mm-hmm. I just, uh, back to Wow the oh, Good Hair, yes. check this out at KBK. This is hilarious.
1: <laughs> That's not me on the left. <laughs> All right, I have hair. How's this guy? He's
2: the, the what do you call him? The steward.
1: He is certainly not going to lose any weight doing that, is he? And if no, he was running, he used next to you, run. He could
2: but now he's
0: on this electric scooter. Yes, which he is did
1: just used thanks to run. Eurosport. Yeah. And is he actually Bernard got his brakes on there? Oh no. <laughs> he has. So he needs to go fa- they need a faster. He's, he
0: has a bit of a giggle too and we actually took a look at this fella Rick Verbrugger, I think is, is yeah, that his name yeah, which about. is a very Belgian name. And was a cyclist name.
1: He? Rick Verbrugger.
0: Yeah, but not the Rick. Not
1: the Rick. No. The fastest ever time trial in history.
0: No, not the, that Rick. Not that Rick. No, well, just... he did
2: look fast on the scooter. <laughs> he could, I don't
0: know. But he's got, on his <laughs> social media, he's got lots of pics with the winners, um, with Jan Tratnik, who won Het um, Newsblad on mm. the Saturday. He has a pic there with Mariana Vos. So I think that is his job, to shepherd them to the podium. What? Well, on his scooter.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that he's got a scooter, but yeah, now everyone's talking about the scooter guy, <laughs> not the wind.
0: Yeah. Like, he on, needs dude. a Red Bull helmet.
1: Not Seriously. Uh, exactly. I oh, oh, love it. Mm.
0: Scooter Go guy. Um, now, Hank, we're going to dive into kind of the more technical elements of it because, well, you pitched to me how to win a spring classic, so I guess we need to dive through every element hmm. of how one goes about that. You touched on just the cultural context of this how mm. important it is. These are races that have been going for over a century. Like they're really sewn into um, the heritage of a lot of these areas too. Mm. But I think it's pretty important that we separate, divide and conquer the classics. Mm. So what counts as a classic and what doesn't? Because on the weekend we had H- Newsblad, Kern, Brussels, Kern. Today there's Les mm. There's yep. So what counts as a classic and what doesn't?
1: Oh, I mean, the Spring Classics, I mean, you, you've got the Classics which go all year. The Spring Classics are, are literally five big races with some semi-classics involved. So you've got Milan San Remo, Tour of Flanders, Wevelgum Paris-Roubaix, Liège-Bastogne-Liège and Amsterdam. What Bianchi? Well, Strada Bianchi arrived later. So now everyone does gravel and cyclocross uh, and it is a lot of, you know, the white dirt. In, in Italy, it is a classic. It's an amazing race, but it wasn't always involved. It still has a history, um, but the big ones are Liège, Flanders, Roubaix, Gent-Wevelgem, Milan-San Remo. They're they're the spring classics, and then you go later in the year. Used to be Championship of Zurich, and then Giro de Lombardia, which is in October. They're the classics. The spring classics is Amstel. Those five that I mentioned. Um, then you have the semi classics, which is, is Gent-Wevelgem. E3 Prize, Harla Baker, Warigam, and La So there's kind of a, a world tour events, uh, classics, and then you have some races which fill in. Um, and then you also have some of the stage races, which have always been around, to get those riders into shape, which would be Paris Nice. Um, it would be Tirreno Adriatico, Tour of Portugal, Algarve, um, Mallorca, which has just happened... Um, and then some one-day races in France. So, and they all do those races to make sure they're in tip-top condition for those kind of five to seven one-day races, which have the most meaning, probably for the whole year. As far I mean, we talk about Tour, Giro, Walter, but we have those five races: Tour of Flanders, uh, Milan-San Remo, which is massive for the sprinters, and the rest are just all for the hard men. So. Um, well, that's so, what
0: everybody used to call you. Very famously, Mike Tomolaris used, used to always to. introduce you as the hard man of Australian cycling.
2: No. Oh, I still call him the hard man. <laughs> but uh, how Hank, does that Hank, go down, down in the Hank Hardman. What's your favourite? <laughs> I reckon I know. But what's your favourite?
1: Uh, you know, I it would hap- Obviously, Paris Roubaix is my most favourite race because it is the most. Things happen in that race. But Tour of Flanders is close second. And Ghent-Wevergum, I actually did better in that race than Ooh, a second. You there. Yeah, yeah, second there and sixth and seventh and a couple of top tens in Roubaix. But um, those that week, so it used to be Tour of Flanders on Sunday, Ghent-Wevergum on the next Wednesday and then Paris-Roubaix on a Sunday. So that was my most important week for the year. And it still is for most of the, the, the spring classic cyclists. So... It's funny, there's a couple of riders that didn't do Head Volk on the weekend who are waiting around for that special week in cycling, like Mads Pedersen. So he, he wasn't at openings weekend. You know, uh, mm. Van der Poel wasn't there. He's waiting around for his – that week is massive. I mean, Milan and Remo and that uh, Flanders and Roubaix week are, are are huge. And it's a long time from now too. It's a month to, to go for those races. So
0: Well, it, so we've got uh, – coming up this weekend, Strada Bianchi. Mm. And Vanderpool, Van Art, they're not on the start list. Mm. But guy
2: named Tardes. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll
1: probably ride everyone out the wheel <laughs> if those guys aren't there.
0: Okay, so I want to dive into this a bit more, but mm. let's just set this up because you, you mentioned you mm. mention your Wout Van Arts, your Vanderpools, your Mads Pedersen. And on the weekend Jan Tratnik did an amazing mm. job. Um, mm. Christoph Laporte, he was top five again after great performance last year. And then kind of over in another bucket you have your riders like Hershey and Pogaca, who mm-hmm. arguably they suit not the cobbled no. classics, but the yeah. Ardennes classics. So yeah. your Flesh wallon and yeah. your LBLs. But they do converge at some point. Yeah. So if I said to you what makes a good classics writer, how do you
1: <laughs> it's how a do you bare, define that? Um how long's a piece of string? But um there is a, it there's two groups. So Pogaca Kind of goes into both. Pogaccio won't start Ribe, but he can win to a Flanders because it's uphill and his power to weight's unbelievable. So he can win a Flanders and a Liège best on Liège. Whereas Vernat can't win a Liège best on Liège. I've said that out loud now and he'll probably win it this year. <laughs> but um, you know, you've know, you got guys like Pagacha who are favourites for that. And like you said, Marco Hershey and even Pedersen can win those. But the big boys, the boys over 70 kilos. They're going to Roubaix, Flanders, Ganwevelgum. The boys under 65 kilos are going to Flesh Alone Liège, Bastogne, Liège. It's all powered away because it's all climbing. They're climbing classics, whereas the big boys with the big bums are riding on the cobbles. And I was good at that because I had one of them. Well, what so, was your race weight? Uh, race weight... Uh, Best raceway was 82, had the most power. But when I went down to 79, I was actually riding in the front in Amstel and Liège, but not winning. So yeah, it didn't I didn't have just that decided, same horsepower. Yeah, but three kilos, you might think it's not much. But for someone uh, who wants a bit more power, three kilos is, is a lot. So, you know, for that. Yeah, so you've got to differentiate those two classics type specialists with, you know, the ala Alaphilippe um, riders who do well in Liège and Amstel. Um, with a mix-in of guys who can do it all, which is for because he can do it all. Um, And then you have the big boys like Niels Pollitt um, and some of the larger lads that that do the flat classics who just got big power, big rulers. So, yeah, I mean, um, and it's all a matter of timing with the classics. Like, you want to to have a really good off-season. Uh, make sure you've had a great rest in October and November, start doing your base, December, big base, and start racing hard in January so that you're stomping in April. And then you can have your rest and then come back for the Tour de France later if that's the type of rider you are. But it's all, you've just got to base everything to be flying come mid-March. Mid-March until like May, that six-week, that sweet spot period, is when you put everything, all your eggs in one basket and you empty all your pockets and eat all your food to make sure that you are flying come that first cobble sector because it is all about that. Because if you're a one-day bike racer, you've got to be good in the classics. And you can come back and win the Worlds later in the year. There's so many different types of cyclists, road cyclists for that matter. Grand Tour Specialists, One Day Specialists. Then you've got the freaks like up. You can do it all.
0: (laughs) Well, and like Mariana Voss. I mean, then you have the the unbelievables who can Mm. go across. Um, Now, I was in Bike Bug the other day and I was picking up the new Colnagos. Mm. They're so very nice. Um, But what occurred to me when I was looking at all of the different bikes is how much tech has changed since I was riding, Mm. how different the bikes are, how different they look from a Grand Tour bike to a Roubaix bike um, and everything in between. I want to dive into tech a little bit, but Mm. on that, I want to start with Team UAE. Um, They had an unfortunate turn of events at their home tour um, in the UAE tour where Mm. Jay Vine um, wasn't able to pull it together and lost his leaders' jersey on the final day. Go Ben O'Connor. Go Glutzy. He got second overall. Mm. Um, But what happens – I'm going to put you in team director mode for a Mm. second – as your team director, so much can happen in these races. So I think we saw some illness at UAE, Mm. but we see so many crashes and so many mishaps throughout. How do you prepare a squad for a six-week campaign knowing that in opening weekend you could potentially lose one or two?
1: Mm. Well, that's when you just got to have depth in your squad because uh, I don't care. You can't – the sport is so hit and miss – um yes there's a couple of guys who you can depend on in every squad that you have but you can't you can write a list down at the start of the year and you go okay we want you six guys i think you guys can all win races but those six won't it'll be a different three mixed in then there's a new young guy that comes up and someone might retire and had enough and um someone might crash in one and then you have a illness in one so every race that I've ever picked a squad for it's never really been that squad that's t- turned up on, on the on the day and that's just how sport is you know there's sickness Ill, Ill, illness injury crashes I mean we saw it in UAE Yates and that was a horrific crash I might add and he pulled out I'm glad they pulled him out too of that race because that was a horrible crash yeah. um, and they finished one two and three in the time trial and then had a had a shocking final it's kind of like Jayco at 2 and an under. You know, you can, you can pl- like plan, put all the eggs in one basket for Plappy to win. He goes down at 80 k's an hour and has skin off from arsehole to breakfast time. So, you know, like the guy recovers and and is now back in there, but you, you just can't plan for it all. And UAE, no matter how much money they had, they just couldn't – it didn't work. But I liked Gianetti said, this is sport. We move on. The next one is tomorrow. So – and that's how you got to think. You know, you you can't plan everything, um, and and it will never and it'll never work out exactly how you think it'll work out. No, and that's you, kind of beautiful thing about sport, right?
0: Well, when it makes when you win so much more beautiful because hmm. I've had days where I know I was the best rider on the start line, hmm. and I haven't finished anywhere near the front.
1: And vice versa. And right? vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and
0: in fact, the first time I learnt that, um, I was nineteen years old and got third at the Amstel Gold Race and I... Th- to third? Third. And to be honest, I think I got third because everybody else knew what to expect and were terrified mm. and I'd literally just gotten off a plane from Australia and had no idea what I was getting into wow. and didn't have any of that because I never replicated that mm. performance again. Um, mm. So I think that sometimes experience really helps and sometimes, mm. you know, just going in and seeing what can happen. Now, I love that Giannetti said... You start again. They're sending a really strong team to Strada Bianchi with mm. Pagacha and Hershey. So you've got combinations like that. But what about over at Yumbo Lisa Bike? Last year they started um, with a bit of a whitewash, winning everything early on. They've had a pretty strong start again with Tratnik, mm. with Van Aert. Um, are, they, are they a beatable team or will everybody be looking at them?
1: Oh, They're, they're going to be beaten a lot. They'll be beaten a lot, but they're going to win a lot too. And they've got a really, a lot of depth. Um, I think Van der Poel is a better classics rider than Van Aert. He, he's shown he's won more monuments and big races, a big game player. And we call called Worlds and,
0: and a classic, right? Yeah, I mean, yep. technically not, but it is in the style of race.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's won a lot of bike races, and They are going to fight, and I love it that we're living in their world right now in Van Aert and and Vanderpool's world because um I, I think that I think that Vanderpool is a better bike rider than Van Aert. Can't believe I said that and I love him but um but they have a stronger team. But when Vanderpool's on, he's gonna win. So um I think they've done really well. And there's one one kid I want to talk about, this um, Matteo Jorgensen from Oh
0: yeah, the Amer- young American kids. Young kid.
1: American kids. So he was with Bahrain I believe last mm-hmm. year yeah. going off the front in like mountain stages yeah. he came 80 from kilos
0: cross country skiing. Um so he have oh, got a, another Roglic. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he actually did the skiing not, bit not oh, the jumping oh, bit. Not the jumping. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think that that's very good technique no, by the way.
1: The, the, one of these? Or not, that. not that. Yeah.
0: One. <laughs> yeah, one of these not one of that. Huh. Um, but I believe he come hmm. he comes from skiing as well. So he's got a big engine. Must clearly. do.
1: Because he's a big lad. And if he actually watched him last year, and he was climbing in the front of mountain stages, and now he's riding in the front of classics in openings weekend. So they've got someone really good taking care of their uh, recruiting at Yumbo Lisa Bike. It's still hard to say, isn't it? I
0: still got a call. Visma. Um,
1: Visma. No, Yumbo. Visma. There you go, can't even get it right.
0: No (laughs) one can. It was kind of a tease over the winter to watch. Um, Van Aert and Vanderpool go head-to-head in the cyclocross hmm. in the rounds, but they didn't ride the world championships. Hmm. So they were, do you think, is that because they were looking ahead?
2: Speaking of cyclocross, I'm getting max sorted. Okay, guys? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay.
0: All right. okay Thank, you. Thank you. No worries. You Thanks, did ask. We yeah, asked no, nice. I deliver. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do
1: you do you reckon they went head to head, or do you reckon Van Der Poel Ooh. wiped the floor with Van Vanart?
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, no, I said one, the only yeah.
1: time Vanart won is when Van Der Poel hit a post.
0: I was about to say he fell off. <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Mercy. Uh, uh,
2: that's all right. no oh,
1: no, not yeah. you! Not God. you! That's right. You're a second. Oh, now, that, now that we're,
2: we're talking about cyclocross, I've, 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 he's here. Max is here. I'm
0: bring, I'm you bring, got bring, him in.
2: Yeah, I'm bringing him in. Keep talking.
0: Oh, he, he did well. He came oh, through mate. for us.
1: <laughs> hey, what's let's, let's maybe you an he, Uber in or something he, mate.
0: Maybe Max can uh, settle me, the Van Art Vanderpool yeah, no. debate for us. Here he is. Hey G'day Max. Oh, hey Vada. Welcome Thanks. to yeah. the welcome yeah. to the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel oh. like we might have been stitched up a bit here, Hank. I
1: reckon, I reckon we've definitely reckon been stitched Mux up. Has stitched
0: stitched yeah, up here. Encouraging us to talk about Cyclocross yeah, I mean, and now we yeah, see why. We oh well we've got a guest now. So um there's plenty of important things to ask you, Max. Welcome to the Wheelhouse Bunker. But um just before you came in, mm. we were having a hearty debate about Vanderpool versus Van Aert uh in the Cyclocross. Um did Vanderpool just towel Van Aert up? what's your feeling on this? Yeah, well sorry for being late, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh I
3: think so. I mean, just being there, it was pretty crazy. Like watching him race, he's just on another level. And um, you just watch him specifically in the mud and in uh, anything where it's a bit technical. And he just, you know, there's like corners where he'll make up ten seconds on people. Like there'll be a you know a 180 degree switchback corner, and he'll just make ten fifteen seconds on other riders who who are you know three or four wheels back, which wow. is just it's pretty crazy and the thing is, I think he only did one or two rides before he started a cyclocross campaign this year, just to practice.
0: So you've just come back. or oh, I mean, you've been back for a little while now from cyclocross world. So yep. congratulations. That's very exciting Awesome, Thank um, you. that you are over there when you went over there. We haven't had a lot of Australians do cyclocross world. It only started a couple of years ago. So do you look to these European guys to learn some tricks of the trade or do you kind of carve your own path?
3: Yeah, I do, and I think it's silly if you go over there and you think like, oh, what I've learned in Australia is going to be <laughs> relevant, you know, <laughs> over there. It's the same in road, but I think it makes even more of a difference when you're racing cross because it's just so vastly different. You know, like we've got uh, in Australia, it might be grassy. It's like Benidorm where uh, Van didn't win. That's like our typical course. Um, yeah. And then everything else is just... Yeah. Uh, specifically like Lewin and Hout and Ball, those courses like the GP Sven Nice, are just so muddy. It's... Um, Slippery and s- just super technical. Yeah, and, you know, you might like... I feel like Vanderpoel probably only uses 60 or 70% of his FTP. Because he's
1: that good technically.
3: Yeah, and then I'm using like 150% of my FTP <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to not be lapped down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. It's... So, oh. Unbelievable. Um, so, mate, you've got to tell us what the atmosphere is like because I've been talking with Kate about how the, the Spring Classics atmosphere is pretty cool. What's the site? I mean, they're nuts over there, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, um, they are nuts. Uh, <laughs> it's like a rave pit pretty much. Like, you know, cool. you you would have seen the video of um Vanderpoel getting spitting on those two fellas. Um, I don't know what they did. Apparently, someone said they threw piss on him. But yeah, no, no, that was legit. Beer. That's yeah. been confirmed, actually. Yeah, and that's what it's like. There's people throwing beer. There's people jumping out. There's people screaming. Like I had. There was one race where there were like, would have been like ten or fifteen people who were just screaming out my name. I didn't even know who they were, (laughs) where they were from. They just knew me. me. (laughs) No way.
1: So did they, you didn't go looking for them after
3: or what? Yeah, well, they were messaging me. They were uploading stuff and tagging me in it. And, um, yeah, they were like, I think they, they they must've just gone through the list and seen an Australian and they're like, what the hell? So we're just going to scream for this guy. And, um, I don't know how they spotted have, me. And. You're
1: gonna have to find those people because that they're who you're living with yeah. for the next yeah. decade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. I need a home base, yeah, and yeah. a mechanic, and a swanier, yeah. and a truck, and that's and you, and a car, and a, <laughs> I need like a you know one of those carshers to wash my bike off oh, after yeah. like ten laps or five laps. Did you have one, one of them
3: by that? We didn't have one, but each ra- at the race they actually have them there for mm. you, so that was really handy. Uh, like, World Champs, I had probably, like, 10 or 15 set up in a little room. Mm. And, uh, obviously, like, the pit crew would just go in and just blast the bike. So, out. do
1: you have two bikes or just one?
3: Two bikes. If so you go over with one bike, you may as well just leave straight away. Really? It's not even worth
1: it. So, two bikes and they wash them yep. after you come through and then you jump back on?
3: Yeah, I had a company, Belgian company, who I paid, oh, like, 125 euros a race. To do that That's for me, it's a good deal, mate. It is, and really? it's it's not even feasible to go over there and race without that that service. It so seriously isn't.
0: You pull in. How often in a race do you change bikes?
3: Um, uh, if someone like Vanderpool, you can pull in every lap or every half lap because they usually have two pits per like on either side of the course, so you'll run through it twice. Um, and if it's really muddy, you can pull in every half lap and mm. switch bikes. But they've got like four or five bikes just sitting there ready to go uh when you're with a company like who i was with you've got you know they're they're helping out six or seven people to make it you know economical for them um mm. they just can't clean that many bikes so it's more like a one or two lap yeah. situation I, but like sometimes i was just in the rhythm and i <laughs> you know i'm doing this as an individual i wasn't even in an australian team at this point and um I like one of my bikes I really didn't like. So, a lot of the time I was just on the bike I liked, and I was like, I don't want to switch onto the other one. This one's f- with mud is better than the other one without mud.
0: What, what are you riding, like a good Maxi? Business idea. What are you riding?
3: Uh, well, I was riding a uh, giant TCX at the time.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds a bit cool. We want to talk about mm. um, equipment around classics because I, I said to Hank, I was in Bike Park the other day and I was picking all of the bikes up. I still ride an old rim brake bike so don't don't judge me yeah, up no the red brakes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but I you know I love it and it's comfortable and I recently put um, electronic gears on but actually I had the manual one before that because I, I it's quite textile like I quite like how it feels to ride it but the tech these days is quite unbelievable so what is the major difference between your normal stock standard bike that somebody would grab off the shelf versus a pariroo bay bike because they'd be similar to cross bikes in a way, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, they all still ride disc brakes, but I think they just ride bigger tyres in everybody and they don't... The, the pressure's are like 50 psi.
0: And how many bag tyres are we talking? 28.
1: 28 tyres with like 50 in them, 55. I mean, I may be wrong here, but Max, I don't know. mark reckon they might even go even wider? My,
3: like, like, I was riding my cross bike. or something. Yeah, I've, I've heard of people who are running that width and even i rode my cross bike on you know like some of the flanders course and it was just 33s on a cross bike so like relaxed geometry and it was just so hectic mm. like i was like oh my god how do they do this yeah it's,
0: <laughs> so you can break the cobbled classics up again right because yeah. flanders and Roubaix are quite different
1: they are. So you wouldn't ride a bigger tyre in Flanders, I don't think. In Roubaix you would because it's just flat. So you don't want – you still – it's quite a lot of bitumen, pavement in between uh, in both races. But uh, the most important one obviously is Roubaix. But um, I think that the the climbers don't like riding huge tyres. I mean, they probably ride a 28. But Roubaix, bigger again, but um, not Flanders. And
0: what about the suspension? Like we heard – The last couple of years, there's been a few bike brands that have put a bit of kind of front absorption suspension in. What do you think about that?
1: I I know a couple of the specialized bikes have that built in. Um, I had some Rock Shocks in my day, but uh, I wouldn't ride them again. They just slow you down. I think too heavy. This is you adding a kilo to your bike, um, and then you had to turn them on and off. That's, this is old school. It's like ninety seven, ninety eight.
0: <laughs> and what, uh, what material was your bike made out of? It was steel. It was steel. It oh. was steel. Not a lot of uh, steel bike,
1: steel wheels, comfort singles. and
0: absorption.
1: No, I in mean, that. carbon's not. Carbon is feels the same when you're going over cobbles. I'm sorry, they're violent no matter what. <laughs> no matter what you're riding, if it's carbon, it's steel. It's uh, or wood it's still going to it's still going to hurt your backside I can tell you right now it's just, it's just a violent thing
3: cobbles are horrible you make I mean, it sound so you would so have ridden romantic.
1: some over there yeah, it's just, just yeah. next level right
3: and when I was riding them I was imagining being in like a huge peloton and you look at like the sides of these of these roads these cobbled roads and you're like if you fall off the side of this it like cambers off towards the side it goes down it's like if you fall off the side you're in the ditch Yeah, and it's like even it's stay better, on the to road? better
1: to land in the ditch than on the cobbles yeah. i can tell you <laughs> yeah. i think I've that's a few touchdowns is not comfy when you're softer you landing well there's that rock.
3: like that mitch docker crash in yeah. Rubai. i think everyone's probably seen that that's like
0: <sighs>
3: that's horrible
0: yeah. yeah that that was a hard fall we were talking before about like uh um, stature and the heavier guys mm. sort of uh, what was your limit did you say the over 70 kilo or the over 80 kilo riders
1: Oh, no. I think the guys that do well in Amstel and the Asia are under yeah. 70.
0: Yeah. And so then the over the. It's
1: changed now, but yeah, 75 build. kilos guys plus are going in the So, cold
0: how zip. much harder is it then for the women's field where a lot of the riders are under 60 kilos? So, you have a lot of the riders that are low 50s. Is it much harder for them over the cobbles? And do you know why I can't answer this? It is. Because I was certainly not under 50. I was one of the heavier, bigger statured riders. And I laughed when we got to cobbles almost because that was my recovery compared to them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They just bounce. Seriously, if you don't have enough weight, you just bounce on those things. You can't, you know, like you've got to power down. The easiest way to ride cobbles, when it sounds ridiculous, is go as hard as you possibly can with the biggest gear you possibly can because trying to pedal on cobbles, you just need to keep the power down. Otherwise, I don't know, if you. to kind of explain it, you know when you go over a cattle grid in a car, if you go over it slowly, you kind of bounce. You get the if you br- go over r- it fast... That's if you can get that in your head, kind of. That's how you need to think about going over cobbles, fast as possible. You don't bounce as much, but unfortunately, if you're fifty-five kilos, you're getting bounced off. (laughs) I've actually bounced a few blokes off the cobbles when they got in my way. But hey, the kilo be killed. Was my (laughs) was my um was my
0: I saw that a bit in the cyclocross, like guys literally shoulder barging each other into barriers. And did you experience a lot of that? Hmm.
3: A little bit. Um, It's way more, there's way more aggression when you're back uh, towards the back of the race. So if you're starting in the last five rows, um, I find a lot of the time it's quite aggressive because there's a lot of fighting for the, Mm. you know, the the wheel in front. And a lot of the time, like, you'll actually just come to a complete stop in these races. Like at the start, you might go into a big bottleneck section and you'll just be stopped and you'll just be sitting there. Just so, waiting. Yeah, just waiting. And um, mm. I think uh, if you watch like these races, they really only show the start and you just see everyone going so fast. And that's it, you don't see. The reality know, is the is try. like 20 positions back who are still all pros are like stopped, just sitting there, just waiting to go. Where you did know? you start uh, uh, in
1: Worlds? We're how far back? In- I
3: was sixth last. Oh. And I remained roughly around that. I think I might've moved up like two places.
0: And is that so, country yeah. ranking or, cause yeah, I don't think Australia would have a very... It's
3: UCI, it's based off UCI points. So um you go over there and you think, oh, I'll get a few UCI points. It's really hard to...
1: To get them. Yeah. yeah
3: But I think um, last year, like I didn't go into it with much expectations. So it was more about learning everything I could off of these guys and, you know... Um, just doing all the races, learning the tracks, learning the way of the sport, learning the culture. Mm. Um, and then, you know, go back the next year and really try and, you know, better my results a little, even if it's only 10 positions more each race, mm. you know, at least it's still progressing. I feel like it's, um, ignorant to go over there straight away without learning it. And then thinking, Oh yeah, I'm going to do really well. It's like, Mm. You you need to learn it first.
0: Well, it sounds like you've got a Belgian family to go back to, <laughs> yeah. even if you don't know who they are yet. <laughs> so yeah, <I'll> just... <laughs> we need to track them down. Oh, they're the they're the
1: best. Bel- Belgians are the best. They love cycling. They love cyclists. Oh, yes, they frothers. will have in- you, that's the word frothers. Yeah. They're absolute frothers. Yeah, and I I have got lots of <laughs> staff who I'm going to use. They're all frothers. You
3: know, um, you may know Christian De Klerk. He's he's a Aussie frother over there, and. He helped us out at, um, at Worlds and it was just amazing. Like, yeah. he drives all the way from Udinada to um, Czech, like near Prague. Like two days. Yeah, just to help us. Yeah, no, oh, legend. Uh, you
1: sound as though you're hooked, mate. So, yeah. I can't it's, wait to see yeah. how you go this season. I mean, yeah. which is the end of the year, but like... <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's
3: coming in close. It came in so quickly last year. Like, I was organizing it at the start of the year and it's just like, wow, it's, it's here now.
0: Well, it's uh, now we first caught on to your exploits when you won the uh, opening stage at the Tour of Tasmania. And pants my boys on my boys And pants your boys. <laughs> uh, and what I liked most is that you were there on your own. You weren't there with the team. And I was like, didn't need it. I any. like that tenacity. Like, mm. that's pretty cool. Uh, but I believe that won't be happening again. Uh, and not because you won't be riding Tour of Tassie, but because you're in a team now. Yep.
3: Don't I'm tell in. me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hold on. Do I have to separate you two <laughs> on yeah, the desk? I'll, I'll go over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll be riding for Team Bridgelane this year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good right. Good stuff,
3: mate. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's very exciting. And it, you know, it, it looks like it's been very quick. Like it's only been, I've been started racing again like three months ago. But it's, for me, it's like it's been t- a 10 year journey. So it's, I've been racing nationally for 10 years. So it's like mm. about time. But people sort of see it as I only started again sunny coast last year and they're like wow that's so quick and i'm like mm, yeah
0: it's <laughs> the overnight success that takes dec- uh, like a decade mm. to come. And,
1: i mean this year now that you've got gone with bridge lane for this this season and i'm sure that you're going to have a pretty big second after the season with them to make sure that you're in a good nick for cyclocross you're just going to be so much better mate
3: Yeah, yeah
1: getting a good program makes all the difference so yep. well done yeah, thank you. Now, Anything the coach is,
3: coach is excited because it gives me, you know, way more load going into. Who's your coach? Shout out. Mark Fenner. Uh, nice. yeah. Oh, nice. Good, Mark. Oh, he's.
0: Fens is he's a good guy. He's slightly crazy and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah, is. like all of the riders he coaches have a little bit of jazz about the way they race because he's so enthusiastic. Like, have you ever seen him, like, not worked up about something, good or bad? Like, he's always Yeah, you got kind passion, of hyped. It's fantastic. You?
1: In the sport. I mean, no one's getting rich, so you've got to have some passion.
0: Well, not at, what, 2714 anyway. an hour? Is that not what I said anyway.
2: <laughs> no. oh, dear me! Can, can I interrupt? Look what I've got in the bunker in the bunker. Oh, here we
0: go. What have we got? Oh, oh the Tour of Tassie How's that? Sweat stains jersey. And all. Is that, yeah. is is that, that the latest jersey? <laughs> oh, fuck, is that? oh, is that your latest jersey? Yeah,
3: that's it. The Tour de France edition. It My does first not fit me. Strangely. It probably would. It's actually a medium. You've actually it's... tried it on already. He's been here I for five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's had it on in there. That's literally a Tour de France yellow jersey with a Tour of Tassie logo on it.
3: Yeah, I just took it off and then put it in the bag <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Same as the, uh, the other skin suit. In there here we well. go. we got oh, another Oh, so funny. One. Oh, my gosh. Look yeah, at that. That's,
0: so, got,
3: that's got the dirt marks and everything. Yeah. This oh, is oh your that's
0: skin super cool, man. Don't ever get rid of that. You've got to frame that bad boy. No. Cyclocross world. Belgians
3: would steal that off me. That's like hot property in Belgium. Is it? Yeah, they love unwashed stuff.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, let's not go <laughs> there.
0: Kate, Kate, no, <laughs> Kate wanted a Wout Van
2: Aert wanted for some reason.
0: Oh.
2: Unwashed.
0: Stop it. Joel's not here and you're still teasing me. This is just not okay. It's okay, Hank. You're going to be all right. They did sell, Yumbo last year made a mozza of selling skin suits right off their athletes' backs.
2: And they delivered them fast, didn't they, Kate?
0: (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't know. There is
1: a weird subculture of people wanting unwashed nicks. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say.
0: Is that how you made your millions? No, <laughs>
1: it, it isn't. No,
0: okay, all right. Did get let's get rid move of some necks, though. Yeah, welcome, welcome <laughs> to the wheelhouse.
2: Welcome
0: yes. to the wheelhouse. All Make right,
2: up. let's move
1: Maxi- on.
0: No, uh, before I move, we kind of got interrupted on our little uh, bike talk, but mm. I want to talk a little bit about tires because there's been a bit of conjecture around tire choices, and I'm not talking the bag of the tire, the width of the tire. I'm talking tubeless, tubular. Etc. I call them growing up. I called them high pressures and singles. I appreciate that's not the international vernacular for it, but essentially one is on Mm. the tire. You've got a little ridge. You put an inner tube in, and you can take an inner tube out. The other being Mm. that you glue on the tire. Yeah, and the rim doesn't have the same hold. Now the athletes' union is talking about banning what we know as singles, the glue-on ones saying that they're not safe enough That's for the That's absolute
1: hogwash.
0: I agree with you because I have spent countless hours shellacking Short. in my day, tyres to rims, yeah. and you could not get them off without no. a crowbar.
1: No, yeah, exactly. So, Tire lever.
0: why are they... Why is this debate even happening, Hank? It just seems weird to me. But money for who?
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe people are pushing the tubeless. And listen, we use all three, I might add, in our team. We use tubeless, we use high pressure, and we use tubular. Um, And they all have different applications for different races. So if it's going to be a ridiculously bad cobble day, then you ride tubeless or, or, or tubular. High pressure, you pinch flat more, so don't ride them on the cobbles. Riding for something else. So, I mean, yeah, it's crazy that they can try and ban, you know, ban the mechanics that don't stick the tyres on properly. Don't ban the tyre.
2: Hank, yeah. Max, Kate, I have a question. W- what is this? What is this green thing?
3: Oh, I was yeah. just about to bring that what up. What is that? The um, a- inserts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
3: So I was tell us say about what that.
0: What is it? Describe it to us, Max, because I think Mercksey was... Holding that up, it looks like a pool noodle. and yeah. that's Thomas ag- against. He crashed, and that came out, and that's what has reignited this debate. So. Well, that's a. a
3: I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I know that as like what they are. They're um little inserts, and some like they've got cush core, and I think there's Victoria liners as well. Yeah. And they sit inside a tubeless wheel. Um, they're used in the cross a bit sometimes. Um, to act as like a tubular type wheel and you have got a bit more cushioning so that if you um, do strike like a root rock. or a rock you don't just crack your rim but do I think they work in the cross not really Like There's,
1: I also have heard they're slower
3: yeah definitely so and that's what I wanted to ask Kane like,
1: used Kane used to race on them and he'd put them on and he goes "Oh, is
3: there anything to do with the road like do people yeah, run yeah. them on the
1: road yeah you do and they do ride them on the cobbles as well because yep. it stops pinch flatting mm. as well but they i know that it's some of the guys don't like them they feel a bit slower but i i think they do work but i mean if you're hitting you're riding off road like you said you're hitting a tree root at 50 downhill sorry but you're going to punch it i don't care what's in there yeah uh, and you know but that isn't actually that insert from DeGent. those things work and I love how everyone gets excited about oh, what is that, you know? But it's uh, it's that is tech. Well, that, when I raced
0: tech. on the track, there used to be a rule. It was if you rolled a tire, so a tubular tire. Yeah, so if
1: I know where you're going. Your
0: mechanic didn't glue it on well enough. And when I say mechanic, Max, I mean you or your dad or your mum, uh, mm. pretty much. Or your Belgian friend. Or your Belgian friend. Froffers. Or the fro <laughs> frothers froth- froth- or frothers. Froff- like, frother. Frother. Okay, Froffer. all G-H. the frothers. Then if you rolled it while racing, you got a three-month mm-hmm. suspension on the spot.
1: I think it still exists. Does it? It And, does. It, and it
0: wasn't if you got a flat. Because if you get a flat and then roll it different. But people were crashing because even inflated, it would just roll. Because they were trying to save on weight for glue and
3: mm. whatever.
0: They obviously didn't use my dad's shellac because no. that would never happen. No, it doesn't come back. Uh, and so, it was. it's always been a safety concern. Like, they've always considered... The potential hmm. for it to cause issue, but uh, yeah, it seems really bizarre to me. So it's great to get you guys' take like on that.
3: You've got to have so much trust in your tires. Like there's people running these super lightweight setups, and you know, like what you're just saying, saving weight on glue. I could never do that. Like if I'm riding down a hill really fast, I've got to have full trust in my setup and full trust in the tires I'm and running most as important well. Important thing you can. I do. Mean, would, if like, you I don't want to die,
0: if you care that much about weight, mm. would you not put the titanium screws in, or more mm. components that are lighter weight or like those mm. uh, ceramic speed derailers yeah. we had that were carbon and beautiful lightweight. Yeah, mm. r- oh, oh, look. <laughs> oh my, heaven. don't do that. Just don't do that at home. Punch your teeth. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Because you know what happens? You lose your teeth when you snap that stem because <laughs> oh, that's what go. You go straight over the. I mean, you bars. could
0: just eat one less muffin a week. You know, that could also work for that. Um, Okay, so tyres, that's an interesting... That's a bit of a watch, this space. We'll Mm. see um, what they continue to do there. Let's talk about some specific riders. Um, I feel like we've got our Van Art, Vanderpool, peacock expert in the middle here with Max.
2: Max actually has hair that rivals Wout. It is. Maybe he's been using the Alperson... When I I put
3: (laughs) the hair gel gel in, it looks exactly like Wout's hair. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Like it's splitting, up, like up. yes, splitting image.
0: How do you know? Yeah. Have did you stick a photo of him to your mirror and then? No, I saw it. I, I was like, was was photo! Wow." Oh. <laughs> He's well, a good-looking go. rooster. You, did you hear that, Mersey? Yeah, I did. Kate yeah, wanted you. to get a life-size
2: cutout
3: of for our house. I you said, should no. You are relentless. Said, no, you can put the the bibs on it. Yeah. Well,
1: well, oh, maybe you know. maybe she can get you, uh, Mercy, a life. Size so cut out of Peter Sagan. Yes. <laughs> yes. For your side of the room. Yes. yes.
2: Well, talk about dirty Nicks. We should.
0: Oh, oh no. my heavens. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> talk about that poor fella. He had heart surgery this week, guys. Um, oh. So Merckx is in mourning. Um, he, he should be all right. Um, uh, I, yeah, don't I don't right? mean Merckx. I don't mean Merckx. He had heart surgery. I mean Peter Sagan. Uh, he did. He had he did. an arrhythmia. That's easily. Yep. Fixed
1: that yes, one. Yes, he I had think.
0: an ablation that gets you back on the bike pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Stewie had that. I agree So, yep. Bobby Joubert, I think, had it. Mm. So. so
0: he he's still trying to get enough points to qualify for uh, the Olympics for mountain bike. So
1: will he? Qualify, Not at this
0: Right.
2: Yeah, he'll qualify. <laughs> um, we're working on him in the studio as like well. Like he'll
1: qualify, like legit, or you just think he'll qualify because he's a legend? No, he'll be there. He'll be there. He'll
2: be
3: there. Okay. He's a madman.
0: He's yeah. A mad man. He is. Uh, now, spring classics, guys. For the men, it's a different bag than the women because there's a lot more history in the men's events. But wonderfully for the women, for the most part, we have matching classics now mm. so it's strada bianchi uh, this week and we'll have a women's race uh, now a little pause sidestep that was my favorite race last year to watch and one because of the drama i don't know if you guys remember what happened over the finish line uh, so it was demi vollering and lotta Kapeki. and they were teammates and they came in together and demi vollering felt like she was the more senior rider and at first they called the win for kopecky and demi vollering said with a camera in her face but not talking to the camera. She said a few unsavoury words in Dutch and made out like, I'm the big one on the team here. I should have been given the win. But then the judges turned around and said, sorry, photo finish, actually, Demi, you've won. And all of a sudden, Lotta was her best friend. (laughs) She turned it around and was like, oh, beautiful, wonderful. (laughs) So that's set. I wonder who caused that. That set that up. Do you think
1: like the DS has got to call that in the back like or is it just the full egos going on going? No, actually, I oh, no, no no.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But but I think what's exciting is that it's taken a few years to catch up, but we've now got that depth in the mm. women. So we can list all of these names in the men's field that we're excited about watching, but the women's field has the same depth. Mm. Um, now we've got Kapeki, Volaring Voss is back. Mm. Uh, I know you think she's the, the goat. Gu- she is I the goat. I agree.
1: She's absolutely. the I mean, now that Vlodi's done, you would have to say she's. I mean, Foss has still got to be the best ever.
0: I think so. I so think the best ever. She is only thirty six, and mm. it feels like she should be fifty by now. She's been the racing for of so of long. Her
1: palmares must be unbelievable. She
0: won her first world title in two thousand and six, elite open road championships.
3: I was barely even born then. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling old, yeah, mate. Yeah,
0: <laughs> wow. Like, isn't that remarkable? And right. she's still going and she's had a few, a bit of a tough uh, off-season or was tried to be cyclocross season. But with mm. her back, it makes a big difference too. Well,
1: it's great to see because I, I don't know about you, but it's kind of boring when one team just wins everything. And I think that SD Works have just pantsed everyone for so long. So for Vos to come out and go, hey, remember me? Um, yeah. Not that she needed to because she's the goat, but like they weren't super strong I at mean, openings weekend. So, I mean, Trek was strong and uh, Lee Spike was strong as well. So, I still can't say the name of that team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got it got in my head. Well, and we've right. got
0: Kristen Faulkner. Uh, she mm. was with Jayco now, live Jayco Alula EF. Uh, last year, but she's moved to EF, mm. um, the American. She's just incredible. Um, yep. she is back in really great form as well. So I think we're gonna see a lot of depth there. Over she's a
1: different kind of rider. She though, is right? well
0: she's more a pogacha.
1: She's just incredibly strong, but doesn't have that technical Well, she's still kind learning
0: of, how to race. Well
1: she hasn't been around for that long, has she? No, she hasn't. So and she's come out of a time trialling background and now but I yeah. mean I saw she rode solo easily, won by was it minute or so mm. in uh, – was that – where was that, um, in Spain? Or was that in Belgium last week? Anyway, I did see that she won solo last week.
0: Yeah, so I think that we're going to see a few different teams. Mm. You said earlier that Yumbo Lisa, Vike aren't going to have it all their way. Um, who, no. who else are you looking at? Like what are the teams Male, that... female. Uh, male well, like... let's go male and then we'll talk female.
1: Well, I mean <laughs> – I never, I never really take what happens in Openings Weekend in Belgium. It's not going to happen at Tour of Flanders. Hold on, but why? Because I think it's too early to show your cards because you can't hold the form. Or if you do have really good form at Openings Weekend, I think you're going to be lacking come Tour of Flanders Weekend. And we talked about that earlier, about that seven days where you've got Flanders, Genwavgum, Ribay um, and if you're really good, there and then, this last weekend, in a month you're not. So um, you noticed that Pedersen didn't rock up and Van der Poel mm. wasn't there, and there were some guys there who were just laying low, and just waiting and biding their time. It's amazing the amount of form you can get out of a 10-day stage race in Paris-Nice or Tirreno-, Ardi- 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 mm. Tirreno Adriatico. Adriatico. So those, that is, uh, watch that space. Whoever does really well in Tirreno Adriatico, generally. Generally wins Tour of Flanders.
0: Oh, because we saw Roglic was really good there last year. Mm -hmm. He won there. And I remember the big photo with the Triton. Yeah. Do, hey, do you did you guys Trident? Say tri- Trident, a Trident, Trident, Mitsubishi Trident. Trident. Is
1: that a new sponsor? Trident. We got a Trident. <laughs> Sorry,
0: I don't think we Mitsubishi need to sponsor us yes, now. Thank do. you, I need no, a car Trident. As well. Always fact checking. Not a Trident. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Mostly factual. We like to say we're mostly factual. Uh, <laughs> but these are the guys that are kind of perpetual through the whole season. Mm. So how can Roglic have form at uh, Adriatico? And then at the tour, is there a gap in the middle?
1: No. So he comes good. He comes good late because the Amsterdam Liège are late April, early mm. May, and then you know he comes out and wins the Giro. So he needs to be doing well, come liege Bastogne liege time, as Lance used to be. But um, you know Brog that comes out and wins the the Giro last year. So that's why. And um, you know he wasn't as prevalent for the Tour de France. So. Yeah, the climbers come in a little bit form two weeks later or yeah. ten days to two weeks later. So it's all a matter of timing for If we
0: want to look at what you kind of defined as like the big classic, like the monuments, San Remo is on the 16th of March. Sprinter's and, classic. Yeah, and then Flesh is on the 17th of April where yeah. it changes away from the yeah. kind of the, sprinters. So you've got like a really solid and Roubaix is on the 7th of April. So you've got like a four-week period.
1: Yeah. A four week period.
0: Yeah, but we're six weeks out now, so I, I get your point. Did you mm. see that in the cyclocross season, Max? Like, because you went over early and did a bit, and then you went back for the worlds. But were you seeing different guys in form when you were first there versus the worlds?
3: Yeah, a little bit, especially some of the younger ones like uh, Thibaut nice and Cameron Mason. They had uh, well, Thibaut and Cameron had pretty strong opening. Uh, Thibaut winning like a few World Cups mm. and then Cameron coming second, I believe, at Euros, which is like a really impressive result for someone who's not a Belgian or you know from the other side of the um the water there. Um, but yeah, you just watch like Van der Poel, Van Art, Pidcock, they start sort of like early December and then they finish just before Worlds or at Worlds, yeah. and then the other ones who are good but not as good go from like October. All the way through, and they just can't hold. They can't hold that same like form. I mean, obviously, mm. that's not everything that goes into play there, but you can sort of see like the really good ones. They really just focus on that like cursed period, and then they have that block of training like, where they go to Girona, and then they go into worlds.
1: It's it's, and it's just so. Tell us, mate. On, I just got this question. Okay. Burning. How question. hard is it? Because it's isn't it just full threshold like a max for like you when you start that race? A single that race? Yeah, or that, just, that race. Yeah. When, you're, when you're doing a cyclocross race, it's got to be incredibly it's like, intense.
3: It's like, um, how do you even describe it? It's like uh, for a normal person, it's like going and doing like a CrossFit, but like you're just sprinting on a bike for like an hour, but then you're jumping off the bike, you're carrying it. So you've got like, nine kilos on the shoulder or 15 with mud (laughs) and then it's pulling you this way so then you're getting like all your backs out of alignment um you know you're falling into mud you've got scratches all over you um so
1: you're at threshold right full threshold so you're above threshold right
3: i think i was some of the races i was holding like two over 200 beats a minute for an hour yeah
1: no thanks yeah
3: (laughs) i've got a high heart rate but like yeah max that's max
0: it's an adventure on a bike it sounds to me Mm. then
3: you look at like the power profile it's like i think you'll average like i don't know belgium's probably a bit less i don't have a power meter over there but you'll average like you know 250 i'm at like 66 67 kilos Mm. um but like normalized will be like heaps because you're just coasting down the hill but then you're just like smacking it on every uphill like there'll be sections each lap where you're going over a thousand watts and yeah. you're doing that lap in, lap, lap out, lap and in, and lap out. Gosh. And then World's Course was even worse. It was just like so much running. So, A lot of running. Yeah, it made it really hard lifting the bike over stuff.
1: How do you get your pedal back in, mate? I've always, I've trouble at lights. So how do we <laughs> even, How do you get your pedal back in the mud? Lots of
3: practice. <laughs> Lots of practice. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of practice. Um, what pedals do you use? SPDs. Okay. So Shimano, the, I just use the Shimano, um, hmm. you know, the mountain bike ones. They're pretty good. So uh, I think that's what everyone uses, to be honest. Like, you would never go there on a road with road pedals. No, no, no. But, no, no. um, yeah, it's always the mountain bike ones. Spikes. You need spikes at the front of the shoe. Spikes. Yeah, like, you know, those, like, things yeah. you screw into the front. Without them, you're, like, toast over there. You just slide. Yeah, because it's, well, some of it's ice.
1: Well, where yeah. the world was, was ice, yeah?
3: It wasn't on the race, but two weeks before, it was, like, a whiteout. Whiteout. Wider. Yeah. and they have, they have raced there. Well, so. they, they
0: have had, uh, if you cast your minds back mm-hmm. a few years, snow and ice at Milan-San Remo, yeah. they all got in buses mm. and had to get out of there. Uh, we have a very big classic season coming up. Guys, thank you so much. A little bit of insight. Uh, we will be drawing on a lot more of this. Uh, this is the wheelhouse. We've got Hank Vogels, Max Hobson. He made it in. Mercy you did well. Um, don't Came in for- <laughs> from cover Yeah. <laughs> well done Maxie uh, Don't forget if you do want uh, any new gear uh, Head to Bike Bug Use the code WHEELHOUSE for 10% off uh, You can get some of those pedals with the spikes on it That Max was just talking no, about No the
3: spikes go into the shoes Oh
0: the spikes go into the shoes Well there you go You can get the spikes Get the, the shoes, shoes and the pedals <laughs> and the bike yeah. And the helmet Yeah Isn't that spoken like a true roadie Like yes. that thinks that the spikes go on the pedals Anyway uh, We'll be heading out to the uh, Velodrome this weekend To Velodrome for the Brisbane Cycling Festival. So that's exciting. And uh, I'm really glad that you guys said you can't hold form for six weeks because I've now got six and a half weeks till the tour to Brisbane and I only started training on Sunday. Uh, So (laughs) I'm just going to build my form up.
1: Keep doing it, wait, just keep showing up. Kate. Yeah, You'll just keep
0: showing up. I'll get there, I'll convince some people to come on the ride with me. Uh, thank you for coming, guys. Like, share, subscribe, tell your family, tell your friends. Uh, we try not to swear too much. Uh, mostly factual, entertaining. Yeah,
1: mostly factual. Mostly I like factual. Mostly. Well, some, when sometimes.
0: I, sometimes. When I say triton, not trident, <laughs> I mean, we do our best, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>